Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Regional Roundup. Money FM 89.3. It is now time to take a look at headlines from around the region. And today, it's going to be quite a significant one for Indonesians, not only being Valentine's Day. They head to the polls to determine who replaces President Joko Widodo. The current president is quite a popular one. He goes by the name Jokowi. He rose to power on the back of his man of the people image. He's stepping down after 10 years in office. In the race, we've got Defence Minister Prabowo Subianto, former Jakarta Governor Anis Baswidan, and the former Central Java Governor Ganja Pranowo. The next president taking office in October of this year. So what's at stake for the world's third largest democracy as they elect a new president? Who could be Jokowi's successor? Early indications of how the race is snapping up should be available. We will take a look at that in just a bit. For now, on the line to help me out is Nicholas Fang, Managing Director Black Dot and Director for Security and Global Affairs, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. Nicholas, good afternoon. How are you? Good Wednesday afternoon. Happy Valentine's Day. And, you know, I'm loving the excitement that we are seeing in regional politics, of course. Yeah, but before that, how are you spoiling the market for Valentine's Day, Nicholas? <laughs> uh, yeah, this thing is still, it's still a surprise. Oh, so my wife good. doesn't know exactly where yes. we're going this evening, so I'm going to announce it on national radio. I like your style, my man. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's talk about Indonesia. 200 million voters are heading to the polls. This is the world's largest single-day election and to elect a new president. President, vice President, Senators, Parliamentary Members. It is a three-horse race, I believe, for the first time in three years. I ran through the three main names. What's your take on them? What do we know about them? I think it's the first time they're going to have three presidential presidential candidates uh, to choose from since 2015. So that's actually quite a long time. You know, I think we've spoken a lot about the, the different candidates. From the latest information I'm seeing on news sources out of Indonesia, Mr. Prabowo seems to be crushing it. He's, of course, the leader of Gerindra, the greater Indonesia party that he actually helped found in 2008. Former army general has stood unsuccessfully for president twice before, so he seems to be quite up for it this time with his running mate, who is also the son of incumbent current president uh, Jokowi. And Mr. Prabowo is also the current defense minister, so um, he has you know, a lot going for him, I think, in terms of the advantages he stands as uh, he holds as a, as a candidate standing in the current elections. Uh, based on all the reports, it looks like he's doing really well, potentially even avoiding the second runoff vote, which would have been scheduled for June this mm-hmm. year. We have Mr. Ganja, the former governor of the large province of central Java, from the PDIP, Indonesian Democratic Party of Struggle. And, you know, he, he bears a lot of similarities to current President uh, Jokowi. comes from a very humble background, sort of built himself up from the ground up. But he seems potentially in, in the polls uh, leading up to today to be the lagging candidate, as it were. The second, the one that was expected to, to give the strongest challenge to Prabowo was Mr. Anis. He's an independent candidate who was governor of the city of Jakarta. And, uh, you know, I think up until maybe a couple of hours ago, yeah. most pundits were saying that it's still very much all to play for. Maybe a runoff election would have been required in June. 
I'm not sure how things will pan out, but it does look like Mr. Prabowo is doing very well uh, based on the numbers that we're seeing currently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's that social media element. <laughs> of course, no one saw that coming. We've had a lot of conversation uh, in the lead up to this, Nicholas, you and I. Unfair campaigning concerns. I think deep fakes was in it. The importance of the Java vote. I mean, lots of things naturally in the lead up to an elections. All that doesn't really matter now, does it? Or, or was there one particular news piece that you think could have swing the way things would go? Well, yeah, you're right. There's so many issues. Uh, the actual policy debates, uh, the influence of the young vote, you know, with, with more than 52% of vote, you know, going to younger voters who are very interested as are young people around the world, or, you know, in terms of issues like cost of living, jobs, the economy, climate change, democratic values, corruption. So, you know, these are these are topics that have all sort of sprung up. But you mentioned technology, disinformation, deepfakes and AI. I think that's a trend that we are seeing in elections all around the world from big democracies like the US and India and of course Indonesia. And and I think that's that's definitely been something that has experts calling it uh, AI being a double edged sword, for example, for candidates and election officials. Of course, disinformation, deep fakes, fake news being spread to attack uh, candidates, but also things like, I, you know, I was in Jakarta about two weeks ago and there were posters all around showing these kind of AI-generated yeah. avatars of the candidates, making yeah. them look really kind of cute, you know, and, and cuddly almost. <laughs> so it's been interesting. And I think we are, this year, 2024 is going to be the year of elections. I think we're seeing like 60 or something elections happening yeah. around the world. So it's definitely a, a trend that we'll see in Indonesia, but around the world as well. I, I was in Jakarta because I was observing the work being done by fact-checkers yeah. uh, who were providing real-time uh, counter-disinformation fact-checking alongside a, a presidential debate. And I think that the, there are efforts like this going on even today, right? If stuff pops up to try to influence the, the, the last-minute votes, uh, voting sentiment of people uh, when votes open early this morning. You know, these are the kind of... This is the new world of politics, and I think uh, we'll, we'll see once the dust has settled what kind of impact this has, this has had for sure on the, on the results. I like how you call these candidates cuddly uh, based on those avatars because I think about a week ago, uh, the BBC released an article on Prabowo Subianto, who is obviously the name that we're going to talk about a lot, uh, calling it Indonesia's cuddly grandpa with a bloody past. Uh, there was mm. a time when Prabowo Subianto's name would have spooked most Indonesians, but now young voters appear to be charmed by the defence minister's slick makeover. Uh, Nicholas, what would a Prabowo win look like for Indonesia? I think uh, it's an interesting question because Mr. Prabowo is a very, very multifaceted character. As you mentioned, slightly checkered past accusations of kidnapping when he was running the special operations uh, units in the military. Uh, He has a reputation for uh, quite a fiery temper. I think it came up in some of the debates when when his uh, opponents sort of needled him, you know, he started to lose his composure a little bit. So there is the cuddly AI-generated cartoon avatar, and then there's the reality of, of of the man himself. But you know, when we look at, at, at things like this, uh, obviously the incidents that, that his cri- critics are keen to point, there were many, many years ago. Will he carry on that kind of attitude when he's running the country, no longer just, just a general? I think that's, that's something that, that remains to be seen. And, you know, if he's savvy and if he has the best interests of the country at heart, he will focus on what he and his running mates, Mr. 
Gibran, who is、uh, Jokowi's eldest son,、uh, have been talking about, which is、mm. the economy, creating jobs, trying to to boost industries, you know, the agriculture and, you know, and and fisheries industries that are mainstays and of the Indonesian economy. And to be fair, all the candidates have been pointing out as these out as critical issues for the country going forward. But of course, you know, given the fact that、uh, we've already mentioned Mr. Gibran being Jokowi's eldest son,、yeah. so all these questions about nepotism, political、yeah. dynasty building, any unfairness in terms of how these candidates were—you know—there was a law that sort of stipulated that any standing ministers or government officials had to stand down if they were going to run in elections,、mm. and, and this affected, you know, a few of the candidates, not just Mr. Prabowo, and they weren't—they didn't. Resign necessarily, right? They said, "Oh, I'll put aside certain periods of time for my campaigning, and the rest of the time for me to carry out my role." You know, with social media and with the very savvy younger generation of Indonesian voters, these are all things that have come to the fore. But then, you know, the, it, everything gets a bit muddled because of the popularity of Mr. Jokowi as well. Yeah, and he's.、Um, Despite all these、uh, questions around his son running and things like that, he remains very popular, and I think his sort of endorsement or support. Has definitely helped Mr. Prabowo、uh, and Mr. Gibran in their in their campaign. So I think we're seeing that result、uh, play out、uh, with the the initial quick vote counts that we are hearing out、yeah. of Indonesia now. That endorsement is so crucial, right? I mean,、uh, not to compare apples and apples, but、uh, you look at how President Barack Obama in the United States gave that endorsement. He was out helping to campaign for the current president Joe Biden, and the kind of effect that had. We see the same、uh, Jokowi's poster is still everywhere. His legacy must be a tough act to follow. Oh, very, very much so, and、uh, you know, it's, it's always a shame when when you see, you hear leaders having their legacy tarnished by by the latest development. So, of course, the accusation of the, the desire to build a political dynasty with his、uh, eldest son now looking. I mean, I've seen some of the latest figures; they put Prabowo Gibran at sixty point one two percent. The closest challenger, Mr. Anis, at 22 percent, and Mr. Ganjas are languishing at 17 percent. That's just some of the latest numbers that I'm seeing from quick count votes. Yeah, you know, if this carries on, will the critics come out in force,、uh, even more so to sort of decry the success of Mr. Prabowo and Mr. Gibran in terms of how they've managed to sort of dominate this thing? And some experts were suggesting that actually, if there's a Uh, a runoff vote.、Uh, while it would have been dangerous for Mr. Prabowo, especially if the supporters of the other two camps come together, it might temper public opinion a little bit, as opposed to this, you know, very dominating kind of victory, which looks like it's on the cards now.、Mm-hmm. And of course, you're talking about a vocal reaction. It's something that we could see from the young voters. Fifty-two percent of registered voters under the age of forty. Let's talk about the youth demographic and the kind of role. It could play in the outcome of these elections. We saw something similar with the Malaysian elections when they changed the voting age from 21 to 18. Could we see a similar effect? What would other countries take note of here as they head into perhaps their own elections around the region? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I think we're seeing this, you know, in many parts of the world. Of course, you know, in countries like like Singapore, where you have an aging population, maybe it's a slightly different kettle of fish. But the young vote is, as you say, very important in, in many many countries. That obviously means that candidates are pushed towards being more digital, technology savvy, leveraging on social media. You know, in this Indonesian elections, the the candidates, I think Mr. Anis was the, the sort of the only one who said that he wouldn't. 
tap on AI, for example, whereas the other two candidates were, you know, they created chatbots using AI to create yeah. chatbots yeah. so you could sort of talk to them, you know, okay. in, a, in a sense. So this is the way of the future, I suspect. Uh, it'd be interesting uh, eventually when uh, our own local elections come around whether it's a I mean it's all about what you can pick up the good points from from other elections around the region right so that comes to my Singapore focus question I guess for businesses why would they be paying attention to the election in Indonesia what does it mean for us here in the region mm, I think obviously with the size of the population in Indonesia it's the most populous country in Southeast Asia, uh, it's always a very important market for, for any business looking to succeed on a regional basis. So I think whether the new administration that comes in is going to be business friendly, whether they're going to help to clean up the, 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 the economy in Indonesia, to root out corruption, to boost the you know, economy in, in key sectors, is going to be quite critical for those uh, evaluating their opportunities in Indonesia. But, you know, I think if we to, to combine some of the two questions, the role that in Indonesia will play in climate change, we know for sure the, the sort of plantations yeah. and, and the issues with haze that we've had in the past, how the new administration is actually going to try to protect the environment um, and, and, and combat climate change will have an impact on how Southeast Asia as a whole performs when it comes to, to sort of fighting climate change. But, you know, if we turn to Singapore, I think our yeah. position has always been that we work with whichever government, whichever leader is in power, if they come in through democratic elections, I'm sure that we will work with whoever the successful candidate will be. And I suspect, you know, again, looking back at the numbers, you will, we will know by the end of the day, I think that, uh, that there should be one very clear winner. It doesn't look like it's going to be that close after all. Yeah, I mean, we are cool that way here in Singapore. I, I do wonder just very quickly... Um, on this note about where it's headed, uh, where the elections are headed, the likelihood of who's going to win, it's going to play a big role in, you know, policy setting and how that determines whether or not Indonesia can attain that developed status by the year 2045. Your quick thoughts on this? This is a critical thing, but, you know, in a, in a country where we have quite frequent sort of election changes with multi-party systems, with a very complex, and I think we said at the start, it's, yeah. it's not just the presidential candidates, there's a lot of other legislators and, and, and elected officials who are up for uh, election today. It becomes so complex that it's very hard to predict. You don't, yeah. you know, 2045 is long, pretty long time yeah. away. You know, a week is a long time in politics. And I think what we've seen in the past few months uh, leading up to this election is that it's going to be hard to, to predict the long-term po- policy direction. Mr. Gibran potentially being on the winning ticket, you know, and Mr. Prabowo having the support of, of uh, Jokowi as well. Maybe we'll see ex- expansion of some of the policy mm. legacy mm. under Mr. Jokowi. So that could be, give a bit of, uh, of, sort of, of stability in the next few years. Um, but beyond that, you know, I think we'll, we, the, the, the top-out answer is that we'll have to watch this space now. All right. Nicholas Funk, Managing Director Black Dot and Director for Security and Global Affairs, Singapore Institute of International Affairs. As always, sir, appreciate your time. Take care and have a great Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.